Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about The Expanse Season 4, Episode 5, it's called Oppressor. So, full spoilers for the episode, as always. So, no Bobby this episode, no OPA this episode, a little bit of a Vassarala, but it was mainly focused around the planet and the crew and orbit of the planet, so... About 80% of them, I'd say. Yeah, so uh, we started a flashback showing exactly how it went down with Lucia and uh, blowing the launch pad, uh, or landing pad maybe in this case, more likely. But... Yeah, so we see, okay, they were intending to do something for when they landed, but uh, the they weren't quite ready. And um, it Well, was no, the... it wasn't even something for when they landed. It was just going to be... Uh, blow the launch pad so they couldn't land it's essentially oh, so that was okay right but then once they've seen them coming down the other guys were like no nah, no nah, nah, we'll have it you know they're like because because lucia tries to stop them and says no it'll explode when they land and she doesn't want to hurt anyone the whole point was yeah. just to sabotage the equipment um and they're like no no no, let's let it go so they end up knocking her out and yeah. they're going to explode it early she yeah because she wakes up and she explodes it early in an attempt to actually save some of them now obviously the debris of the explosion actually ends up killing a fair amount of them because it hits the ship but uh they would have all died had they landed uh as, yeah. as we so, find out here so she she made the right call in the moment <laughs> well in the moment maybe not before the moment but no no maybe not, no no that's that's a different uh, yeah. matter entirely but in the moment of okay i don't want people to die what's the best thing to do yeah, which actually does make best. it bizarrely similar to, to Naomi's past in a lot of ways, as yeah. we find out later. And I have to say, I like that we're getting different parts of this back backstory and different plots when they have no idea that it's been brought up in the other place. Like, you know, Naomi doesn't know that Marcus is back in the scene or know no. that eh, that's going on. This is completely independent. And it feels fairly natural because of what Lucia's done and what Lucia's feeling right now because of her yeah, guilt. Yeah, of course she'd mention it. Because she says, oh, you, you don't know how I'm feeling. You, you have no idea. And even before Naomi said that, I was like, actually... Well, yeah. <laughs> Hang on a second. She's actually got some experience in this. Uh, and she, sure enough, she actually brings up that she she was with someone and had a kid and... Uh, she explains, so we get more of the story than we had last time, which is that her coding was used and the plan was to, um, what was interesting is I thought this also kind of tied in to the other plot with uh, Avasarala and the ship that was maybe going to hit one of their stations uh, and yeah. you have to make a choice. I, I, I was thinking of that as she was explaining this, but she talks about how her coding, as she thought was going to be used, was to basically sh sort of take control of the ship and make them drift and then think they were being rescued by, you know, the crew. And they'd These be, good Samaritans. Yes, so they'd hand over stuff willingly and it wouldn't look like piracy. Uh, but what Marcus actually used it for was to blow up when it was in dock uh, on the moon, on Luna. So Yeah, just overloaded it, essentially. Yeah, so... Obviously, really dark. That paints him as just a straight-up terrorist, uh, and yeah. it definitely goes against what he was saying last episode, where he was like, "No, nah, she was in on it, and she wanted to do this, and she, you know." I mean, admittedly, I'm a bit biased, but I am more inclined to trust Naomi's uh, <laughs> side of the story here. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's understandable. Uh, yeah. I, I, she... No, dramatic. Still learn otherwise. Yeah, dramatically, what's maybe more interesting for the characters is for it to land somewhere in the middle, so that she does actually have a bit of a darkness, you know, that she's trying to redeem herself for. But at the same time, what she describes here still feels like no. As she puts it, she chose not to see the warning sign. She chose to kind of, and that's it. Lines up with Lucia, where she thought, "Oh, we're not going to hurt anyone," but clearly, all these other people were willing to do that. The second, yeah, that I, yeah, Naomi's less directly responsible than maybe. Uh, she feels or than Lucia is as well because Lucia you know, physically pulled the trigger 
Yeah. But definitely is responsible in some ways. Yeah, and Lucia's daughter's missing. Her husband uh, makes a point of asking Holden when he sees him and then calling up to the Rassi uh, and gets very angry at her because he didn't know she was involved in any of this. And yeah. uh, they have a pretty serious fight. Uh, and then she like passes out from blood loss. Uh, and then we have a, a bit of an operation procedure where Alex kind of has to like, really convince her to tell her what to tell him what to do because he he's like okay I can I can work the, the device or whatever but you have to tell you have to give me your medical expertise here because them uh, them steady pilot hands yeah um and she's kind of just willing to let herself die mainly due to the guilt we'll talk about these scenes at order because <laughs> just because it, it made sense to link it to the start of the, the show but um yeah. you know but eventually no, no, Alex is, is properly having it's like don't make me tell your daughter this yeah, well, that, that, I think that's what the, the thing that triggers her actually yeah. going along with it is, is when he brings up the daughter, uh, yeah. who, again, is missing. And Murtry's crew claim they've had nothing to do with it, which I kind of believe them, to be honest. I, I don't... I, John, as terrible as he is, and he is, I yeah. don't feel like he would have kidnapped a kid just for this. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? It's not just that. I just I feel like there's going to be more to it than just they've got her. Yeah, and I, I just it just doesn't feel like the move he'd make. I feel like she's either independently ran away or there's something else or there's something else that we're not quite understanding yet but uh, that would be my guess at this point so yeah Lucia's in a tough place but she's on the Rassi right now Um, we also find out that there's a I mean, the episode, it's funny because the episode ends with something that was hinted at last episode. There's a couple of more hints this episode of, oh, these islands are giving off this extreme heat and there's no volcanoes, but the heat that's coming off them is like the volcanoes erupting. What's going on? And the last shot of the episode is essentially a nuclear explosion. I mean... <laughs> it's a mushroom cloud. Yeah. It's a mushroom cloud. That said, though, um, I'm more inclined here to say that it, it maybe isn't natural per se. It's more the protomolecule machines that are... Uh, doing this, doing this, somehow. or maybe not intentionally. Even maybe it's just a byproduct of whatever they're doing is heating up, uh, you know, parts of the planet, and it's. Well, I mean, heat is one of the you know most common causes uh, side effects of a chemical reaction. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it's not. It's usually it's often not the intention. It's just a side effect. Oh, don't know. Obviously, sometimes it's the intention. But well, I mean, often it's, a, it's not. Release of energy usually means heat. Heat makes things separate. Cold makes them go together. Hence, melting and freezing. It's yeah really simple obviously this is a very uh <laughs> this is a very extreme version of melting <laughs> yes i'm sure they know the science better than us of course yes um the, the point i'm making though is just that uh uh it may not have been an intentional reaction it could have yes. just been a byproduct of whatever they were doing yeah I, well yeah the point i'm trying to make ultimately is that the, the protocol deve- molecule device isn't trying to set off nuclear explosions it's just that's happening as a result i mean maybe it is intentionally doing that we'll find out more to suggest yeah. that but uh, that was certainly my first thought as, as this happened at the end. Because um, a lot of the episode is about holding, trying to convince everyone that, no, this place is dangerous and we have to evacuate. And uh, the RCE guys and, and Murtry are like, yep, yeah, well, let's evacuate everyone to the point where they're like ready to sabotage one of the ships to make sure they yeah, can... Yeah, like, that's fine, but they're all leaving first. Yeah, and we're going to have control of the ship and if they try anything, I'm going to have a trigger, you know, ready to go to just yeah. blow them up. Because he talks to his engineers and it's like basically turn it into a bomb. This is the thing, like Murchie tries to justify everything he's done. And he lists a pretty convincing list of, you know, of, of events. And it's like, okay, now, well, I'm withholding and the others that you're kind of looking for excuses because you seem to just jump at killing people it's, the first... It's enough to believe that this is why he thinks it. Yeah. But then, of course, he's ready to, like, 
blow up an entire ship full of people. Like he's putting that in as a contingency. He's yeah. Again, he's, he's a dick. Going one step further, but Holden spends the episode trying to convince everyone, and Murtry is basically ready to accept. Okay, this place is dangerous. We can go. Um, well, well, not he really cares if it's true or not. He just he's ready. Yeah, let's just wrap this up and get everyone off. The job's done at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Holden tries to explain to everyone, and you know, uh, okay, he tries to ask him what's going on. You're holding stuff back. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean that one. I didn't mean that one. You're a terrible human being. You're worse than Murtry. Uh, but ultimately, Holden does actually kind of come clean because uh, we get a standoff because some of the belters uh, grab a couple of the the RCE guys and hold them at gunpoint, hold them as hostage, uh, and they're, they're saying they're not going to harm them as long as uh, the RCE guys leave or, or you know go away, leave us alone. Yeah. We'll give the guys back. Just, just leave us to our planet. But we get a bit of a standoff of this. Um, obviously, Holden comes in and essentially gets uh, Amos out. There's a, I mean, it's a bit of a standoff. I mean, Chandra is like obviously flirting with Amos right before this happens, but she's also not, not willing to jeopardize her job uh, when she's yeah. demanded. But Murtry gives him the okay, and uh, Chandra then has to go along with it, so it's fine, and uh, all, all this. So, but Holden, in front of everyone, basically has to explain the Miller stuff. And he sounds like a raving madman, because of course he does. Why wouldn't he sound like a raving madman? I, I, do you know what? I've never been on Murtry's side more than in this moment. <laughs> well, it's frustrating because we know it's true. <laughs> well, well, yes, we, we, we know that he believes this and we've seen evidence to suggest it's real. There's always a possibility that it's still a misdirect. But, yeah, well, we have no real reason to doubt this at this point. Well, I mean, if it's not real, then... Why would it's it been was, far too specific? Yeah, yeah, it's been telling me to do things, and those things cause immediate reactions it, it to has, this ancient yeah. machinery. So, so, which is why I say we have no reason to to assume it's not real. I mean, if you want to argue and say that it looks like Miller because that's in his head, but there's clearly some information coming from this thing. Yes, I agree. So, but anyway, uh, no one clearly believes him. He's trying to defuse the situation, uh, but of course, you know, he's trying to convince him this place was going to be totaled, and it only wasn't because we were able to hit it with a with a you know with a missile. Uh, but however. Like, stuff keeps happening, and it's probably going to happen again, and this place is probably going to be too unstable and unhealthy. And it is pointed out, though, and this make, this, this does make a lot of sense, that the planet was perfectly still and fine until he got there. And it's not, I think, Holden's arrival that's triggered anything, it's what Holden did at the behest of Miller that's triggered everything. Which means, yes, which means if he goes away now, it's too late. It won't stop, it won't undo it. But if he never came things probably would have been all right and just continued as they were. So in some ways he is the cause, but getting rid of him will not be the solution. Yes, it's, it's not like he's a... It's not like a reaction to him. So yeah, if he leaves, nothing will change because he, he, he pushed the button he pushed and... System's on now. Yeah. Um, mate, that get, Miller might tell him where the off switch is. I mean, <laughs> so it's, it's always possible. I, I don't know why he would, but it, he could. I mean, ar- arguably, he is the only hope they have of ever really changing it because he's the only one who'll actually get if there is ever, if there's ever going to be any advice from anywhere to how to switch this off it's going to be through him it is yeah, yeah so yeah. he's actually also their best hope of turning it off so him leaving means nothing he should be the last to leave he's the only one who might be able to stop anything yeah uh, not that i think we are going to stop it i feel like this planet's doomed <laughs> probably that, that, that's my incline at this this point in time yes. uh so then we can get new new terror new new terror terror three Sure, why not? 
Terra 3, then it'll be Terra 4 when that goes up, and then Terra, so on and so on. Uh, and we keep going into infinite. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of standoff stuff in this episode. Um, it really kind of sold the ongoing tensions of of the of the you know the current storyline with everyone on the planet. Um, I think the show's doing a really good job of keeping this season really focused. You know, mm. I I think this will always be the season that was on this planet. I think you know we're we're, we're really, if this planet still exists after this season. You know, we'll see very little of it. You know, we'll, we'll the crew will be onto something else. This is the pl- this season on this planet. I agree because we're halfway through now, and there still yeah. feels like there's a lot to do with this. So, uh, that was basically that. Avasaral, of course, um, has our debates. Just while we're still on the oh, other planet, uh, a couple of moments with Amos I really liked. Mm. Uh, you know, when when um, there's well, the standoffs going on, and he's talking to Chandra, and and he's like, "This is this is a migraine. You go in there with their positioning." You're just screwed. Uh, you just shouldn't just throw your life away for Murtry. He's not worth that. And uh, and then you know when Holden just starts walking across, and he's just like, "Ah, oh, shit." <laughs> yeah, because he's talking about the strategic like defense they have, but they're in a really good location to like just bottleneck everyone. Yeah. And yeah, and she's like, "Well, if I get orders, I follow orders." But he's like, "No, I'd, I'd rather not." You- you didn't die so don't do it <laughs> and it's actually it's oddly kind of sweet i mean it's it phrased in the most amos way possible but it's oddly kind of sweet <laughs> yeah because because yeah. at one point um she says something uh when they're in like one of the tents and he says something you know something about watching her ass and she goes oh are you flirting right now and he's like no not right now and it's just very matter of fact. No, not right now. I'm being serious. Yeah, yeah, that'll be later. <laughs> yeah. Um, very matter of fact. Very matter yeah. of fact. Uh, no, nah, Amos is great. I, is. I can't fault it. Um, but yeah, Vassarala has got some debates to do. Uh, she's practicing early on. Gets really pissed at the suggestion that she even focus on anything other than the rings. Like, it's like, oh, we should talk about you know, uh, you know, food circulation and, and you know how we distribute food. Like, oh, who gives a shit about food circulation? <laughs> We've got rings and planets to talk about. Yeah, I, mean, I blame her. She's not wrong, but yeah. in fact, the, the the actual debate that we get later with uh, uh with Gao is really interesting, I thought, because it really kind of painted a clear picture of, like, how bad things are on Earth. Uh, everyone seems to be on benefits, and only one in 6,000 people seem to get a job, unless, yeah. you know, unless they're part of, like, a, a family lineage. I like, saw actually an explana- Before the season even came out, I saw an explanation on Twitter of what this was, uh, BASIC, because we've, we've kind of heard it mentioned throughout mm-hmm. the show. Um, BASIC is, you're given a, uh, from what I gathered, you're given, like, somewhere to live, you're given exactly enough food and you know just enough to get by you know literal yeah. survival but you are not given any actual money to buy luxuries or spend your know, waste in any way you are given like food supplies uh which so you have nothing of your own you're just okay this is what you're given it is you know basic as the name suggests but there's no like like right now benefits to us would imply here's a, a set amount of money to in theory to put towards food housing etc but you could squander that uh this basic this system completely removes that element yeah um which you know uh it's kind of it's in line with what we've seen before you know we've seen like elements of poverty on earth before and that there's too many people overpopulation is a problem um and you know hearing that people literally have to be in a, a queue of six thousand or not even a queue a queue implies it's going to go through them one by one it's a lottery it's more of a. It's more like everyone's split into groups of six thousand, and each six thousand get, get you know the one, 
you know job offer <laughs> like yeah. is what it sounds like um which actually like, it made me think of three percent and how this is actually much worse than three percent in terms of the percentage <laughs> oh way worse <laughs> um much much worse uh yeah so you know and sure enough once she's in a debate situation of vasarela kind of starts to get beat a little bit like she starts to get her ass handy to her on stage she's she's up and down like there's the question about security of okay well if there's another error situation what do you do she's like just do what i did last time went pretty well i think <laughs> yeah that's basically her attitude and that's fine for military situations the problem is is that all these other policies about you know living conditions and what it's like on earth she just I mean, she's literally not interested and she can't muster up any kind of like proper answer for them at least not so, yet uh, it's it's really sad seeing the parallels to some real world elections you know very mm-hmm. recent ones where they just go yeah you know she because essentially she's been the one in, in charge for x amount of years however long it's been right and they're saying well you know all this stuff has been bad under your watch why should we trust you to change it now essentially oh, no, she's not been in charge for years okay, okay but she has been in the system maybe she's not had the, the top job yeah she's only been in charge since uh what's his face got convicted it, and sure, removed. but she's been you know in the in the in the system she's been pretty high up she's been mm. in the government so to speak you know uh, it, on behalf of these things and it's been under her watch that these things have happened, if not directly her at the top job, but you know, complicit in that. And you know, and you know, there's someone else coming in and going, "Well, hang on, we we can we can do better. You know, we can be we can be the fresh new thing to actually change." And I think this is going to be one of those almost sad moments where the where TV and media does not reflect reality, and she's going to lose, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, well, this is the thing. We're kind of rooting for Vasarela because we actually know how important all this shit is she's talking about and all the stuff she's trying. Because and this actually neatly explains why Gao's position on no, let's let people go into the rings and go into the planets because this creates tons of jobs. And as was clearly just told, we were just told only one in six thousand people get work. So that, that, I think what I like about this is is Gao is not wrong. You know, as much as we side with the Vasarela because we know of Vasarela, right? You know, yeah. We like her. We understand where she's coming from on her positions, even if she doesn't articulate them well to her audience. Yeah, if, if you want to boil down what she's trying to say, she's trying to say that, well, I'm not going to... I mean, as much as it sounds great, there's all these jobs, I thoroughly believe that if we send people out, they're all going to die. I'm trying to keep them alive, which is a valid enough point of view to take, but she's not really good at kind of getting that across. She's not. And, and as, as I said, we have an advantage over her public audience in that we kind of know what's going on. We we understand the stakes. Yeah, we, and we've seen her argue why... with other people in private. We've seen her argue with her husband. We've seen her argue with, you know, whoever else. We've seen her have these debates internally, so we understand her argument. Yeah, whereas Gal, as much as we, we don't really know much about her, you know, she, she, we just kind of, oh, there's little bits of here. here well, there, that's kind of smart because we get essentially what the actual public get. We get the speech at the debate and not much else. We've seen like a little snippet of her yeah. before this. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting if you know, you know, Avastra, We just said, you know, she's we've seen her arguments in other with other people in in a good way, right? You know, where she can be convincing and win those arguments and debates. If if she kind of relaxes and goes into that mode and just kind of gets a one on one to just argue in that kind of style that will suit her, she might really change a lot of minds as there, it is right now. There was that line as well when she was on stage where this is technically the first time she's ever interviewed for a job. Yeah. Um, because she's just been kind of like, you know, born into the system essentially. Um, yeah. And I, I thought that, you know, 
that was it was a good dig. You know, it's something that I think everyone watching kind of relates to. So, uh, if this is an election, straight up election where the public are voting, that you know, ma- making one of the candidates it's, feel more like them is definitely going to side a lot of people with her. Very much. Hey, look at this political elite, and I'm you know the 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 person of the people. Yeah. Um, but as we've seen many times with the OPA, sometimes the person of the people uh, doesn't know how to handle other things and gets a lot of people killed, uh, which yep. is exactly the sort of thing that Vassarel is arguing against. So it's, it's a good debate in the sense that we actually do understand both sides. Not one of them is clearly wrong. And there's a bit of a crisis, though, that happens in the middle of this. Uh, you know, alarms go up. Vassarel is taken out by you know, the Secret Service or whatever they're calling it in this uh, context. And she's taken to uh, UN... Force One. <laughs> there was a title, but I forgot what it was. Uh, she, she's referred to as Arch- the Archangel. Uh, I noticed that, but I, I didn't know, yeah. catch the name of the, the, the ship. Code. Uh, but basically, there's this this ship uh, that's heading for one of their stations, and there was co- a, a help message was put out, a media message was put out uh, around Lunar, but it changed course, and they've not been able to contact it since. They've kind of went silent. Um, and what makes this especially suspicious is that the transponders for it are the ship that was apparently sold for scrap, uh, as the belt told them, uh, which means that Marcus lied to the others last week, right, or last episode, right? Well, or at least probably. at the very least, enough of it, you know, whatever part the transponder numbers come from is being used in this ship. That's what I was going to say. It's uh, he's not necessarily lying whoever he sold it to for scrap may not have scrapped it and done something else with it. Theoretically. But this is the thing. You hear Naomi's story to Lucia about taking control of ships, and I can't help but wonder if Marcus has intentionally I done agree. this. I think it's, we're very definitely supposed to be thinking this. And I, just, I think I think it's smart that he's left that wiggle room of well you know you know I you know I, I sold it for scrap but and it, it makes a lot of sense though when you think about it because he he just said last episode he expects the inners to betray the truce and if the inners now believe that this was an intentional attack potent you know from the bell and obviously not everyone does because we see Gil on TV you know denouncing it and saying no no this wasn't an attack you know Avasarella just murdered you know hundreds of thousands as, of people as far as the the uh, the bellers are concerned. This was probably breaking the truce, and that, that they destroyed yeah, the ship. That, that that with the transponder signal was clearly a, a belter ship. Yep, yep. Avasarel made a call, and but this is the thing. This is why I think Marcus has set it up because either yeah, way you swing it, this is intended to look like they're breaking the truce. This feels like he's fueling this, but the sole intention of getting them back into. I mean, the, I mean, the, the belters were never technically at war with the inners. I mean, that was not. I mean, Mars and they, Earth they were at war. They would have been crushed. Yeah, but he wants the truce to be broken, uh, yeah. so they'll see him as a hero. So that he looks like some like the, the person they need, right? Uh, he's essentially trying to make himself look like the Joker in the Dark Knight, where, okay, you need me now. You need me to take on the inners because you're not prepared. You need my it, tactics. Yeah, it's, hey, I told you this was going to happen. Um, you know, and again, to quote that movie, you need to set the dogs on them, and I am the dogs. Like that's essentially what he's what he's kind of propped up here. Uh, again, assuming we're right, but this is too fishy. And the fact that, I mean, it'd be one thing if this just happened randomly, but the fact that they pointed out that the ship, the, the codes were from the ship that was supposedly sold for scrap. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, like I say, if, if it's somehow not part of this, then I can 
buy it, right? You know, the, 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 I'm not like dead set on this is the only outcome, but I think it's the most likely outcome. It's the most likely outcome. Um, if it isn't, then it's just a simple case of it, it was there to present a Vassaral with this tough choice where she has to make the choice to potentially kill a bunch of civilians because the ship hitting this you know station is, going to, is too dangerous and they have to t- make that choice. But that makes her look really bad in the eyes of the public. It makes her yes. look like a monster and that'll be there to aid the political plot. But I, this show is pretty good at tying all these different various plots together and I feel As like... we've seen in this episode. Because we have this connecting to Marcus and then we have Marcus buying parts from Mars which ties into Bobby's plot. So Yeah, and, and we've got the, the Marcus and Naomi connection yeah. to bring that back in it's all part of the same world and yeah. that's what makes it w- run so, so well and work so it's well a small universe yeah uh well solar system uh, i mean oh i suppose technically the new tower is not in the same solar system because they're through a portal uh all right okay yeah. all right universe i mean I, I could probably accept galaxy i'm assuming they're still in the milky way but it may not, not be percent on that. Yeah, I mean, hell, there was like how many portals in that that ring? Like, right, I, I... exactly. I'm, I'm not sure if they're still in the Milky Way or not. So, let's stick with Galaxy for now. That many, that many rings. I, I I'm going to go into limb here and say all those rings probably lead to different galaxies. You very well might be right. That's my guess. Could be a bit of both, though. Could be a mix and match. Could be three portals to one galaxy because there's like three good planets there, and but then could there be... could be ten for another. Who knows? Yeah. Ah, anyway, uh, so a solid episode. Maybe not the most riveting one in terms of like big reveals and things like that, but a lot of good world building again. A lot of character pieces. My favorite scene was probably Naomi and Lucia. Naomi's side of that story that we got from Marcus last week, I think, was was good for a couple of reasons. One, it was like this nice confirmation of the the other side of it, and it gave us more of the story, but. Um, what I really liked is we, we've talked before about how Naomi's accent goes into the belter mode when she's talking to another belter and it was really strong in this scene it was yeah it went really thick and that is fun- that was a phenomenal piece of acting to be able to do that mm. and to sort of go in and out of it and it's uh, it's because it's, a lot of people can you know put on an accent but they have to think about it and consciously slip in and out as you know you know it takes time for some people uh, to be able to just do it in an instant is, is difficult yeah, and what's beautiful about it is, is that even though once or twice she does kind of slip into her own voice, it's actually perfectly natural because it is also her voice. Like, you know, both are her voice. Like, it makes sense that some words have just shifted now and some words, you know, yeah. you know, the occasional end of a sentence sounded unbelter, but that's okay because she also speaks, you know, in her regular Naomi voice, her English accent. <laughs> yeah. um, so, no, very impressive stuff. Uh, so that's episode five of The Expanse. We'll be back soon with episode six. Let us know what you thought of this one in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all the usual stuff. Uh, you can get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the show and the channel and everything we do, you can do that a couple of different ways. You can, of course, share us out. You can rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. More people will find us that way. And you can support us, of course, financially via Patreon. Patreon.com slash mailfuzztv uh, for as little as $1 per month and you get some bonuses for your trouble. So go and have a look and see if you're interested. Uh, but otherwise that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching tv guys have you got any vanilla